Hello and welcome to the latest edition of From the Rickery End. My name is Kieran and on this shorter, sadder podcast after a 2-1 defeat to Crystal Palace, I'm joined by Colin. Colin, I was preparing to ask the question, I don't know how we've drawn that and then 92nd minute, Palace go and win it. As about as deflated as I felt this season, I think, after that one. Oh, God. I just, you know, the thing that really annoys me, it frustrates me, is we did it on Saturday. Ziegler went in went to ground, feet up, in their half where there's no danger, and uh, get sent off, and they, they haven't learned anything. Three days later, uh, Cleverly does exactly the same thing. He's already been booked, he flies in, he's in the opposition's half, there's no real threat. Yeah, they're on the break, but they're still in their own half. He flies in, and he gets himself sent off, and after that, uh, after that, you could sort of smell the capitulation coming. Particularly because he's one of our two central midfielders and he's absolutely crucial to the way we play. But also, Pereira had been tackled about a minute earlier and he was clearly in distress and he was clearly not really fit. But we'd made three substitutions and he had to stay on the pitch. And so it was even more irresponsible of Cleverly, who's been one of our best players all season, to do something so rash. There was no panic. We were 1-0 up. And he dives in and he gets himself sent off. And there's no question it was a second yellow and a red. And now get banned probably for a couple of games because I think he was on... that was his fifth yellow card before the, the you know the red the second yellow was his fifth and it's just very frustrating to watch but even so at 10 men you know you still think there's only what seven or eight minutes left you, you know come on lads you, you you make two banks of four try to, to hold them off but once they got the first one the momentum went with them and you, you, you knew they were going to get a second I thought yeah Tom Cleverly obviously sent off in the 87th minute and yeah. you, I think the key thing that you said there <laughs> the balance had gone hadn't it we'd made our three substitutions cleverly was in the middle of the park with Abdullah Decore soon as he went off you could see all that space in the middle of the park like you said Roberto Pereira was struggling because he'd had a heavy challenge previously you kind of felt that they had the momentum then didn't you the crowd got behind them Wilfred Zaha had done absolutely nothing all game and then is involved in both goals it's, it's our own errors again, isn't it? And we have to try and stamp this out because we are going to drop more points like that, aren't we? Well, we certainly will if we carry on doing that. Uh, we've done it at Everton, that was a warning. Uh, and now we've done it again this evening. And I, I mean, it's staggering because we were so in control of that game up until that point. Uh, OK, they had a lot of the ball, Palace, and we were defending, but we were defending pretty well. First half, we scored a goal after, what, three or four minutes. Dini gets a, a guilt-edged chance, which he misses, which happens from time to time. You can't blame him too much for that. In the second half, Richarlison gets a really good chance, which uh, the keeper does well. But, you know, on another night, we'd have been two up or three up, and, and we wouldn't have been in this, in this mess. But I also have to say, I do think making three substitutions when you're defending a 1-0 lead so early is dangerous particularly as it was quite a feisty second half it was scrappy but there was a lot of challenges going and you think someone could easily pick up an injury and you can't bring anyone on because I'm assuming Kapoor or Watson was on the bench and you know we didn't have a set we couldn't bring anyone on so Pereira can't play that role in set you know there's, there's no one to do it golly anyway yeah very very frustrating evening the most frustrating so far for me because I wasn't at the Everton game but uh, golly I feel annoyed and I feel upset and uh, yeah got to go home now it feels like a long time ago but we started so brightly it's a very cold night at Selhurst Park but we started anything but cold we had a lot of fire in our belly and there's nothing like warming you up like an early goal from Daryl Yanmat we started really really well didn't we and that seems to be a continuation of what we've done away from home because you were at the Burnley game on, on Saturday I heard the podcast that you did with John started well there again and again we started well today I know it's a long time ago but 
talk about that because it, it did seem that we had the momentum early on. Well, we certainly did, and that it was partly uh, we carried we started where we left off in Burnley because the second half performance in Burnley was uh, sort of up an atom down to 10 men. We've got to try and get the equalizer, but the attacking flair we showed in the second half was, was terrific, and we really had Burnley on the ropes at times. And we started tonight in exactly the way that we had finished uh, that game, but obviously with 11 men, and they couldn't really handle us. And for about 20 minutes we were all over them really and then of course eventually the game swings and we start to defend 1-0 and try and get through to half time and they they get a lot of set pieces I mean we give up so many fouls and corners and free kicks in really dangerous areas and we did it again tonight I mean how many uh, free kicks did they have uh, towards the end of the first half one on the left side of the box one on the right side of the box one right on the D we were lucky to go in at at 1-0 because we just keep giving up fouls and I know Palace throw themselves on the ground and can playing to the ref as they did tonight and Zakar should have been booked for the amount of dissent that he was showing to the ref but you know eventually they will get some of those and we put ourselves on the back foot when we don't need to and it does frustrate me the the, the way we jump into challenges uh, I just think when are they going to learn you mentioned it earlier I hate to kind of rewind to one of the the main talking points of the first half and that was Troy Deeney's miss you said earlier you can't blame him but when you're in that position and Richarlison's put it on a plate you've got to put it away haven't you? Well you have got to put it away and I'm, I'm trying to be kind to him because he hasn't played much this season and he hasn't had many chances like that he scored a couple of pens uh, but he must have been waiting for this guilt edge chance just to side foot it into the net and it came across him I don't know someone said it might have got a little touch off the defender which would have put him off but either way I mean a striker of his experience and the number of goals he scored in his career that should have hit the back of the net I, it, there's nothing else to say about that is there? I heard in Marco Silva's press conference this week a journalist ask him about the disciplinary record that she said that we have the most red cards or a joint top over the last couple of seasons. Obviously Marco Silva wasn't in charge last season. We saw some of the indiscipline under Walter Mazzari. A lot of us blamed Walter Mazzari for that indiscipline but it seems to have continued on into this year. Is that something you think we should be worried about? I think we should be very worried about it and I think it comes from a lack of belief. We talked about it before on other podcasts whether or not this team believes that they're as good as they say they are, or as they as, as they actually are. If they feel and have the confidence to play, uh, so I'm rambling a bit now. <laughs> I do think it comes down to confidence because these uh, tackles, these challenges, uh, come, I believe, from nervousness and and a certain amount of panic. Particularly the one tonight from Cleverly. There was no need to panic like that. He had players behind the ball. And I think that, again, it's just about having the calmness and the confidence. And that's what is the difference between a mid-table side that isn't really going to be in danger of getting relegated and a side that's challenging for the top seven or eight. And at the moment, we still panic and make mistakes and dive in when, when we don't really need to. We need to have more confidence uh, in ourselves as a team and in each other as players. And then we won't make those mistakes because we'll trust that we'll cover, we'll get back. But at the moment, we're st- I mean... <laughs> The Ziegler one was an astonishing one. I still can't get my head around why he dived in like that. But tonight was equally foolish. You know, it was unprofessional. A player of his experience to dive in like that, there's no need for it. And I do think it comes from a lack of confidence. I think it comes from a, 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 a slight desperation to hold on to this lead when we were holding on to it fine. So, yes, we need to be worried because if we keep getting players sent off and we keep having players get injured, we won't have any players by the time we play Leicester on Boxing Day. Take the miss in the first half out of the equation. Troy Deeney got the nod over Andre Gray today. We've had a lot of discussions on the podcast about Gray and Deeney. Should Deeney maybe start at home, Gray start away? I've been to a few games this season and today was the first time in a while 
probably one of the first times actually that I've heard members of our own fans turning on Troy Deeney. There was a lot of knockdowns that he had where there was no one near him. Accusations from some supporters around me that he wasn't working hard enough. I just wondered what you made of that because it is a bit of a battle for that number nine position. So I'm interested to know what you thought of his performance. Frankly, I think that's just a lot of nonsense. Uh, Troy Deeney can do what Troy Deeney can do and he continues to do it. Um, he's not banging the goals in that he was when he was in the championship of course he's not because the Premier League's a whole different ball game but he does work hard and he had a decent performance and to be honest with you I don't think there's much in it between the two of them they're slightly different players obviously Deeney wins a lot more headers and he does hold the ball up better but Gray is faster and he's physical presence is getting better he can turn a defender he can use his chest and his body to hold on to the ball and when he came on you know he looked he looked okay it wasn't it was an obvious substitution to make I don't think I think there's a you can put a piece of paper between the two they do slightly different things but I don't think they do massively different things it's not like one is whip it fast uh, like a Vardy and one is a sort of Benteke they're, 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 they're closer together than that and, and I think whichever one you choose you might play less balls up for Gray you'll try to get him in behind and uh, with Deeney you're going to knock it up to him and hope that he gets the knockdowns but quite often Deeney hasn't got anyone really close enough to him and if you not... don't mind me interrupting there I was literally just going to say that and back you up because I think Marco Silva has to take a little bit of responsibility for that because there wasn't an out and out what I would describe as a number 10 no. on the field today you had Decore and Cleverly almost holding in front of that back that back three Play, pushing forward when they had the opportunity but there were times where the ball was going forward quickly from Aurelio Gomez or from the defence Troy Deeney's winning a header there's no one there no, no, to take right. that knockdown on so I think you make a really valid point there we could talk about this for a little while it's very very cold <laughs> we're both very very miserable we're really disappointed we should, we should look ahead uh, we've got Huddersfield at home next up they've yeah. lost at home to Chelsea today They've been good at home. They've not been so good away. We are in what I guess you would describe as a mini slump because that is now, what, four games, three games, four games without a win. Saturday becomes even bigger now, doesn't it? And at home, we haven't been quite as good as we have away. So what do you think we need to do on Saturday to try and overcome a Huddersfield side will be looking to bounce back from the Chelsea defeat um, I don't know if you can hear that they're actually locking the gates <laughs> um, I think we need to play uh, if, we've, if we can get a side out I think we need to just play with much more confidence like we did in the first half we played so well but we have to also be really disciplined and not give away too many set pieces and not give up fouls and not get yellow cards. I mean, Decore is on four as well. We could lose him for a game if he gets another yellow card. We are in a mini slump. We should have won this game tonight, I think. Uh, and I think that the Huddersfield game, uh, it's a stupid expression, a must-win game, but we, we, should, we should go back to Vicarage Road and we should beat a team that is really struggling because we've got the quality to do it. We proved that tonight and we capitulated on the basis of in, ill-discipline desperation and panic and, and that's the thing that, uh, that, that the squad needs to sort out and they need to have a very very strong word with each other about it I think I know you were hoping that Roberto Pereira might start today we obviously saw him take a knock as we mentioned earlier if he's fit does he start for you on Saturday? Absolutely without a shadow of a doubt and he should play right up behind the striker because that's where his best position is he can work between the lines and the space between their midfield and their defence and he can get balls in behind for people like Gray or Dini or Richarlison or Carrillo out wide um, I think we should play four at the back and that allows us to play Pereira and two wide men and, uh, and a centre forward and I think that's what we should do against Huddersfield personally we saw Kiko Femenia come on uh, late on. I was thinking about it with the kind of style of play that we have in the formation. 
Is there a possibility that maybe we could play Yanma and Firmino down that right-hand side? I have to be honest, I wasn't overwhelmed with Andre Carrillo today and I haven't been overwhelmed with him since he's come into the, into the club. I'm just wondering if maybe Firmenia could be that player in front of Jan Matt. Yeah, he could be. I mean, I'd be happy to see and try that, except I don't know if you noticed, but he actually walked off the pitch at the end with a muscle strain. So I don't think we'll be seeing him on Saturday unless, I mean, it's a recurrence, presumably, of the thing that has been keeping him out of games. He actually just walked off the pitch and walked down the tunnel. So I don't know whether he'll be available, but I think there's definitely a possibility. I quite like Carrillo, and the reason I like him, despite the fact that he does one good thing and then makes one mistake, he drifts, and he drifted tonight into, into positions where there was space. He didn't stick slavishly to his right wing position. He came over to the left, he was in the middle, and when uh, he's in the opposing half, then I think he's, he's, he's a good player. When he's tracking back, he makes mistakes, and that's the thing that worries me about him, which I guess Firminia and uh, Yanmat don't do. Yanmat looks really good at the moment. He looked really good up at Burnley, and he looked good again today. He looks fit, and he looks up for the fight. But to play Firminia in front of him is a good idea, and I, th- I suspect maybe we might see that at some point, particularly if they play four at the, four at the back, I think. Big few games coming up for Watford. Festive period comes thick and fast. We've seen players go off injured. We've got suspensions coming up. But we're going to stay positive, Colin. (laughs) Huddersfield at home on Saturday. I've not had the opportunity to do this since I've been on the podcast. So I'm going to do it today. You do it. You do it. Come on, you odds. A podcast made by Watford fans Fans. for Watford fans. From the rookery end.